The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Oranga. And welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, October 30th. I'm your host, Terry Aranga, here with my guest, Juan Rodriguez, who after seven years of my doing these radio shows is here to say, stop calling it autism. Juan is the founder and president of Stop Calling It Autism, a co-author of the paper Evidence of Microglial Activation in Autism and its Possible Role in Brain Underconnectivity, which was published in the journal Neuron Glia Biology. He's also a computer scientist and dad to three, including a recovered son, Daniel. Welcome, Juan. Hello. How are you doing, Terry? Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us today. You know, I've started many of these shows over the years, Juan, asking the simple question, what is autism? So this this first question is going to seem a little odd to you, considering that we are going to un-autism, the diagnostic label of autism. But Juan, what is autism? Hi, um, autism is currently a label that takes away any hope from parents and family members of the affected children. Parents, and even happened to me too, are told by doctors that there's no cause or cure, and there is very little that it can be done for children once they have been diagnosed with autism. With what I have learned in the past few years, I can tell you with a lot of confidence that autism is caused by a medical illness, that it can be easily diagnosed, and it can be treated successfully. I can give you the example of my son. You know, he suffered from severe autism, and now he is cured. I don't even say that he's recovered. He is cured like if nothing has ever happened to him in the past. That's um, wonderful, one, and we're going to jump. Uh, we're going to be talking more about Daniel later, and you're referring to some medical uh, conditions. So just very, very simply, what is autism insofar as those medical conditions are concerned? Yes, uh, autism is caused by what is called microglia activation. Microglia is the brain's immune cell. When the microglia becomes chronically activated, what it does is it destroys the synapses, which are the connections between the neurons. When this happens, the brain stops working correctly, and then at this point, the autistic symptoms appear. And I refer uh, to autism as a autoimmune disease of the brain, which in, uh, in this case, the brain attacks is the neurons, uh, actually the connection between the neurons in the brain. Okay, and what is it you said disappeared? Uh, the autism, you know, w- once the synapses are destroyed, 
then at that point the function in the brain it, re- it gets reduced, and at that point is when the the symptoms of autism appear. Okay, so the symptoms of autism appear uh, because the synapses were destroyed, and you're exactly. talking about microglial cells, which are uh, immune cells in the brain that get activated, and does that have something to do with inflammation? When the microglia, like like any immune response, right, an immune response many times what the immune system does is it generates inflammatory substances, right? So the way when microglia becomes activated, what it does is using inflammation, it destroys the connection between the neurons. So yes, there's a neuroinflammation going in the brains of kids with autism. Wait a minute, you're bringing up a concept here, Juan. You're talking about microglial cells being immune cells of the brain, and you're talking about neurons. You're kind of combining the the immune system, the body's immune system, and the body's nervous system. How are you doing that? Yes, and that's actually... This is a new concept that, you know, right now is being referred by many uh, uh, neuroscientists nowadays as the new frontier in, in brain science. And why is this? Because what happens is in the past 100 years, neuroscientists uh, thought that the uh, neurons, they communicated by themselves to the synapses, but they didn't think that there was anything else controlling the communication between the neurons. But now... With this whole con- new concept, which is that the microglial cells, they can actually control communication by interacting with the neurons. So that's why right now there's a, a, this new scientist to relate the function of the neurons with the immune system in the brain. So how would a microglial cell, an immune cell of the brain, communicate with the neurons and the synapses? Oh, the way that it happens is um, they can actually, when they become uh, activated, what they do is they start touching, they start reaching out uh, and touching more synapses. And when they become chronically activated, what they do is, uh, by because they're touching more often and they start sending uh, inflammatory mediators, they can destroy them. So that's how, you know, that's how it happens. Okay, so when you talk about microglia reaching out, are you referring to them growing arms, or are you referring to them sending out chemical messengers like cytokines? Actually, they can do it in, in... They reach out, you know, like touching them directly, okay? And once they touch them directly, at that point, you know, they can release cytokines, which actually can destroy the synapses. Okay. Let's take a step back. We've been talking about microglia um, in your definition of autism and microglial activation, but what are glial cells? Are they all microglia? And if there are different kinds of glial cells, what do the different glial cells do? Okay. Glial cells, in contrast to neurons, are brain cells that do not generate electrical impulses. And there are a lot of them. 85% of the cells in the brain are glial cells. And like I mentioned, you know, these cells have been largely neglected for the past 100 years. And many neuroscientists are calling this new understanding of how the glial cells work as the new frontier of neuroscience. And what I find very interesting is that this new knowledge is right now, at this point, you know, as we speak, 
is overturning a century of conventional thinking about how the brain operates at the most fundamental levels. Now, going back to the question about what are gear cells, okay, they control the communication between neurons, like I mentioned before, and also one thing that they do is they also control the blood flow in the brain, blood vessels, okay? Now, how, how it happens? In kids with autism, many times we talk about, oh, you know, how these kids, you know, they need more oxygen in their brains and how they need more nutrients going to their brains, okay? What happens is um, that the glial cells, you know, they can actually, when they become chronically activated, that can reduce the amount of blood that goes to the brain by actually contracting the blood vessels, okay? Okay, so is, that, now, is that microglia or astrocytes, or which are the ones that are involved with oxygenation and blood flow? Yes. There's three types of glial cells. One is the microglia, which is the brain's immune system cells, and they act as the, as the main form of active immune defense in the brain. Then the other types are the astrocytes, Okay. They're also in charge of the communication between the neurons also, and also they're the ones that actually interact with the blood vessels in the brain. So what happens is all these glial cells, they communicate with each other using um, a, a different type of um, a connectivity. So the microglia sends messages to the astrocytes, and by sending message saying, okay, now you have to be overactivated, the astrocytes are the ones that uh, are in direct contact with the blood vessels and they're telling two contracts. So at that point, the, uh, the brains in case of autism, they have less blood flow going to the different areas and, you know, and therefore there's less function. Okay. And the, and the third type of the cells are called oligodendrocytes, which actually they're the ones that produce the myelin, uh, which acts as the electrical wire insulation in the neurons. Okay. So there are these three different kinds of glial cells, uh, microglia, microglia, astrocytes, and oligodendrocytes, if I've got that right. And right. you've talked about different serious implications if something is off. You've tried, talked about microglia being, uh, microglial activation being responsible for the ultimate destruction of synapses. You've talked about microglia uh, signaling astrocytes and causing hypoperfusion in the brain, I think, um, which is uh, uh, a, a decrease in blood flow, and therefore I would think a decrease in oxygenation. And Correct. you've talked about oligodendrocytes, um, and can you repeat what that last one was doing? Yes, the oligodendrocytes actually they can produce the um, the insulation between the in the, the neurons. Okay, yeah, the, the myelin. Yes. Okay, the fatty sheath uh, surrounding. And uh, also, when the microglia becomes chronically activated, it also um, a, you know sends signals to the oligodendrocytes. And what happens is at that point, that myelin, that it has to be there, you know, in good shape for the neurons to be able to send the signals, you know, very efficiently. Sometimes it gets affected, it affects the myelin. 
Okay, so not only do you have a problem with connectivity when those synapses are destroyed, but you have uh, a problem with conductivity when the myelin is is, uh, harmed. That is correct, Terry, yes. Okay, we're going to go to break because uh, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the whole host of problems caused by microglial activation. You've started talking, Juan, about some of the problems with microglial activation. And just to let people know your website before we go to break, it is... It is stopcallingitautism.org. Okay, stopcallingitautism.org. And listeners can look that up during the break. We'll be right back here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Juan Rodriguez. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Juan Rodriguez, and he is the founder and president of Stop Calling It Autism. He is a co-author of the paper titled Evidence of Microglial Activation in Autism and Its Possible Role in Brain Underconnectivity which was published in the journal Neuron Gliobiology. He's a computer scientist, and Juan is a dad to three, including a recovered son, Daniel. Juan, before the break, we were getting into some of the problems caused by microglial activation, and if you could please fill us in on the rest of them. Yes, and and also to make it very, very clear is, you know, many times, you know, people with autism, uh, you know, that have kids with autism, you know, they think that autism is very complicated. But if you think about it, you know, if you have something destroying synapses in, in your brain, right, that means that the neurons cannot communicate correctly, okay? And if they cannot communicate correctly because they have been destroyed by the microglia uh, in kids with autism, that is what causes the, the autism symptoms. So basically, just to make it very simple, autism is caused by only one root cause, which is 
the overactivation of the brain's immune system, and these immune system cells in the brain are called microglia, okay? So also, just to mention even more about this is, now you have all these uh, neurological symptoms in autism. Now, also kids with autism, they suffer from many other medical illnesses, right? And I want to explain now how it is that this neurological symptoms in autism have to do with the medical symptoms that are associated with autism. When the microglia cells, they become chronically activated, they actually um, release very large amounts of this um, a gas, which is called nitric oxide. In very, very small amounts, nitric oxide is very important for the human beings, okay? It's very important to regulate many, many different processes in the body. But that is a, a very low concentration. But what happens is, uh, when the microglia becomes overly activated, these large amounts of this nitric oxide that are generated can cause many um, medical issues. Okay, Juan, For example, can I ask a question? I'm sorry um, to interject, but before we go too far ahead, if when the microglia become activated, they release excess nitric oxide, which is a bad situation, why do you microglia have any nitric oxide to begin with that would have been okay in a normal situation? And that is that is part of what the microglia do to be able to communicate. Actually, they use the nitric oxide also to be able to communicate with other cells in the brain. Okay. Okay. The the nitric oxide is a is a signaling molecule. Okay. So it the microglia can send it to different areas, and that's how it sends the signals of what the other cells have to do. Okay. But when the, when there's too many, then bad things happen. Hello? Yes. Okay, so please do continue with the, the various problems of uh, microglial activation. Yes, okay. So now, and also it's very important to know um, that every single child that was born healthy and then became autistic suffered from microactivation, okay? Now, when this microactivation happens and we have, or these kids have, uh, elevated levels of nitric oxide, then they start having seizures. For example, seizures, you know, many kids with autism have them, and they are associated with microreactivation, okay? So there's a, a close relationship between microreactivation and seizures. Seizures. Seizures, yes. Okay. And also, um, many kids with autism, as we know, they suffer from motor skills disorders. And if you look it up, you know, if you look it up in, 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 in medical books, okay, motor skills disorder is caused by weak connections in the brain, okay? And the connections, again, like I mentioned before, the, the synapses. So if these synapses are destroyed by microreactivation, then these kids can actually suffer uh, or develop motor skills disorders. Now, other problem that kids with autism have is the mitochondrial dysfunction. And this is something that uh, is becoming very, very known. Mitochondrial dysfunction. Yes. Okay. And if, and if you, uh, you know, think about what the mitochondria is, okay, the mitochondria, they're cells that they produce energy, 
okay? And, they, and for them to be able to produce energy, they need oxygen. And if the microglia, you know, it causes a, you know, a reduction of the blood flow going to the brain, that means that there's less oxygen going to the brain. Therefore, the mitochondria cannot produce enough energy for the brain to work correctly. If you think about it, so all this is being related to microglia activation. Now, even all the problems that kids with autism have, like eating disorders, okay, one thing that uh, we found out is that even eating disorders is caused by, a, you know, alteration of the nitric oxide levels in the body. Eating so that's disorders. Why so that's why you see that many kids with autism, they suffer from eating disorders. You know, they, they become picky eaters. And it's because the nitric oxide levels that are produced by the microglia activation. How would that do that? How would that cause an eating disorder? How? You know, it is, you know, and there are many studies that talk about this, but there is a very close relationship between the way that, uh, you know, Kids, you know, appetite are with nitric oxide. And this all has to do, uh, Terry, with how the microglia uh, works and how the nitric oxide works and how it affects different areas in the brain. So it okay. has to do with the brain and how different areas get affected. But this is well documented. If you look at medical literature, you know, you can see that eating disorders are associated with nitric oxide, uh, you know, uh, elevated levels. Okay. Okay, and even to add to that, even asthma or allergies, we know that many, many kids with autism, they suffer from uh, many different allergies. It could be environmental allergies, it could be um, uh, food allergies. Now, something that is very interesting is that uh, recently, there are new tests out there uh, that many immunologists, they use to diagnose allergies, and these new tests, what they do is that they measure for levels of nitric oxide. So the higher the levels of nitric oxide, the more severe the allergy symptoms are. So that's why you see that if you can actually control the levels of nitric oxide by modulating the microglia function, then the allergies get better. So it's all related to one root cause. Okay? And... One more thing that I want to mention over here is that even uh, the intestinal inflammation that kids with autism have is caused by elevated levels of nitric oxide in the bodies. There's a lot of literature out there that talks about how there is very elevated levels of nitric oxide in people that suffer from let's say, diarrhea that suffer from constipation, from leaky gut, is, you know, that all this has to do with elevated levels of nitric oxide, okay? And I strongly believe that even though there's so many children with autism that can have so many different medical problems, all of these problems can be tied back to microreactivation and what it can do to... Um, elevate the levels of nitric oxide in the body. So all of this 
elevated nitric oxide comes from microglial activation? That is correct, Terry, yes. Okay. So it sounds to me, Juan, as if you think that children with the diagnostic label of autism um, all have the same root cause of this disease, that there aren't different subtypes. That is correct, yes. You know, they might have a range of different medical problems, but if you look at the root cause, the root cause is one, okay? That's why I believe that right now with everything that we have learned and everything that we have published, you know, in medical journals, that autism is a very simple disease to understand and to diagnose. If you look at it from a different perspective, if you look at it as, you know, that is a disease that is caused by microglioactivation. Okay, you were talking about seizures uh, and you were talking about brain underconnectivity. You were talking about synapses being destroyed. You were also talking about a lack of oxygen being available to the mitochondria, the energy producing units of the cell. So would the seizures be being caused by this lack of connectivity and the destruction of synapses, for example, or would seizures be caused uh, by this lack of energy for the mitochondria to do their jobs? Okay, from what I, I have um, researched, the seizures are caused by uh, the only connectivity in the brain. It's by the brain not being able to send the signals to the path that was supposed to be uh, there. Once, you know, this path gets destroyed or this connection be, become destroyed, at that point, you know, the situation can happen. So um, uh, it's more, the situation has more to do with the, and the connectivity in the brain. Okay. We are going to take a brief break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, and we will be right back with Juan Rodriguez. Please visit his website, Stop Calling It Autism. Did I get that right, one? Dot com? Stopcallingautism.org. Dot org. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. Please check it out during the break. We will be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for New Reflections, featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic. 
from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with the founder and president of Stop Calling It Autism, Juan Rodriguez. That you can find that website at stopcallingitautism.org. He co-authored the paper "Evidence of Microglial Activation in Autism and Its Possible Role in Brain Underconductivity" with Dr. Janet Kern, and it is uh, an excellent paper for our listeners to look at. Uh, Juan, is that paper on your website? Yes. If you go to the our website, you can see it. It's right in the middle of the front page. Okay, excellent. And that's stopcallingitautism.org. Well, we talked about some symptoms, Juan. How do the symptoms of autism inform us about the disease process? And conversely, how does the disease process cause the symptoms? Okay, so that's a very good question. Um, As soon as the child regresses, at that point, we know that the synapses or the connections in between the neurons have been destroyed. You know, it's very important to understand what regression means, okay? Regression means, you know, uh, that the kids are losing or they lost previously acquired skills. And the way that we learn as human beings is when new brain connections are being formed. For example, when we study or when kids, they play sports, the more they practice, the more of this brain connections are going to be formed, and that's how human beings learn. Now, when a child that was born healthy, all of a sudden they regress, the only way that that can happen is if those synapses that were created or were formed when the, kid, when the child was developing, they get destroyed. So at that point, we know that there's something going on with the brain's immune system, and that's how we know that these kids have a medical issue, okay? And, and now, like I explained before, you know, once you have this destruction of the synapses is when the kids, you know, they stop talking, okay? Or, or they start, you know, having a sensory dysfunction issues, or they start having a, um, seizures, or they start having many other of the neurological symptoms that kids with autism are known for having. Okay, Juan, so you are talking about regression, and indeed, many, many, many parents, they even have videos, uh, say that they had typically developing children, healthy children, children who were meeting their milestones, and they had a regression. Uh, is that what ha- very briefly? Is that what happened in your son's case? Yes, in my son's case, that's exactly what happens. And actually, um, that is exactly why when doctors told me um, that you know that there was no known cause for autism or there was no known cure, because we took so many videos of our son when he was a 
uh, a, a little baby, we knew that he was healthy. We knew that um, our son, you know, uh, was not born with autism. Okay, so uh, and like you mentioned, this is the same thing that, that thousands, if not millions, of parents out there, they say that it, you know happened to their children. So, so yes, so this is why if a child was mentally healthy and was meeting all the all the milestones, something happened to them. Okay, something happened, and up to this point. Nobody was able to explain exactly what was happening with the children, but, but, but with these new signs uh, that around the microglia, it is very easy to explain what exactly is happening to those children, too. Okay, so Juan, how did we get here? What started this pathogenic ball rolling, and then what factors contribute to micro- microglial activation? And, and that's an excellent question, Terry. And this, to get to this point, this, there, there has to be many things um, going wrong in a child, okay? For example, for, uh, for the microglia to become uh, chronic activated, it happens in many kids that they already have an underlying immune system dysfunction, okay? Uh, what I mean by this is if you have a healthy child, uh, for example, um, and... Uh, Something it came, for example, you know, microglia is very is known to be uh, activated. It can be activated by viruses. It can be activated by uh, bacteria. It can be activated by parasites. Okay, um, in a child that is very healthy, has a healthy immune system, when they're exposed to these pathogens, okay, the immune system can go ahead and attack these pathogens. Okay, destroy them. And then the immune system goes back to the normal state. But what happens in many children with autism is that they already have an underlying immune system dysfunction. It could be a child that uh, has many recurrent ear infections. It could be a child that has um, a many, let's say, um, allergies. It could be asthma. These kids, you know, asthma, allergies, and recording infection, they have to do with the immune system. It has to do with an immune system that's not working correctly. In those kids, they're more prone to have, a, let's say, a viral infection or have a, a, a parasite infection or even a bacterial infection or it could be something else that can interact with the immune system. Those kids are more, more prone to uh, suffer from microreactivation, activation, and that's how, that's how we get here. Okay, so you've talked about bacteria, you've talked about viruses, you've talked about parasites, uh, things that stress the immune system. But I would think that in the history of humankind, there were, you know, maybe some, you're talking about some underlying things going on, say, in the immune system. Did we suddenly have an epidemic of underlying factors that just caused this burgeoning population of children with autism? Um, what I've seen, Terry, um, in the past few years is that, um, and this is from what I have learned, okay? For example, when people and people, doctors, even the, the American Academy of Pediatrics, it talks about, for example, let's just take an example of why it is so important 
for mothers to breastfeed their babies, okay? Why so important, okay? Breast milk, it contains good bacteria, okay? It con- it, which they're called probiotics, okay? When babies, they drink uh, breast milk, that goes into the bodies, okay? And when we talk about the moms passing immunity to the kids, what well, the way that they actually pass the immunity is through this bacteria, okay? And what happens is nowadays, many mothers, you know, probably, you know, because they have to go back to work, you know, they might not be able to breastfeed the kids uh, as often. Or even something is, I think that is even more serious is uh, how often doctors nowadays, they use antibiotics for kids. You know, many times, you know, they get prescribed antibiotics. And what happens when kids are prescribed antibiotics? The antibiotics might, might kill the bad bacteria, okay, that's causing the kids to become sick, but also it destroys the good bacteria that mothers pass to their kids through breast milk, and what that does is it weakens the immune system, okay? And that's a way that many kids nowadays, uh, they already can have a, a weakened immune system. That's why you see that many kids sometimes, the more times that they prescribe with antibiotics, the more often they get sick, the more often they have uh, more bacterial infections. It's because their immune systems are getting weakened by the way that we practice medicine nowadays. Okay. Juan, um, you were talking about some mechanisms earlier, and sometimes when we use things to uh, help in autism, the diagnostic label of autism, these are things that are have been used for for other conditions for a, a long time. Um, and part of the problem with the diagnostic label of autism is that it doesn't really inform us about the underlying physiological conditions. So people say, oh, you can't use that for autism. But it's not really autism. It's these other things, such as what you're talking about. So is this the type of thing that's going on in other diseases as well? Yes, Terry. Um, and this is just very recent over here. Many other diseases, um, like Alzheimer's disease, okay, um, if you look up the symptoms for as people that have Alzheimer's, they're very, but very similar to symptoms that kids with autism have, okay? Um, those people, you know, they, they have problems with speech, okay? They even have seizures. They even have frequent infections. So it's basically almost the same symptoms that kids with autism. But what happens is, in the case of Alzheimer's, is when the microglia becomes activated. In people with Alzheimer's, it happens in later stages in life, okay? Now, other diseases like Parkinson's disease, even bipolar disorder, um, severe depression, and schizophrenia, there's almost every single mental illness out there is caused by microglia activation and in the in the recent years, there's many, many research coming out linking mental illness with microreactivation. There's even Nobel Prize winners in medicine saying that there's a direct relation or correlation between behavior and the immune system. 
So this is new science. This is science that has been recognized and science that is actually the future of, of brain science. And this is exactly why, you know, I talk so much about microglia because this is something new, but this is something that's going to change the way that medicine is going to be practiced for many people that have mental illness, including kids with autism. Okay. So we now come to the part where we need to ask, what can we do to regulate microglial cells in autism? Okay. And that's a very good question. Um, the way that I came um, to learn this, it was based on the experience with my own son, okay? Um, and like I mentioned before, my son was severely autistic, and uh, I took him to many doctors, and uh, none of them were able to, to tell me exactly what to do from the medical point of view, okay? So there are simple things that can be done, and we right now we're doing it, you know, as part of the um, uh, the Stop Calling Autism Organization. Um, the way that we do it is we actually, with the close supervision of a medical physician, um, we can treat kids using non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs um, with a combination of probiotics, okay, at a very um, a controlled dosage, and this has, at this point, has been helping many kids get better. In the case of my son, okay, um, we started treatment with him when he was four years of age, and he was, like I said, he was severely autistic, and in just a matter of three years, he improved from being severely autistic to a completely healthy little child. He could not speak. He could not put two words together to, to make sense of something. Now, nowadays, just a few years later, he is completely an eloquent little guy, okay? And it's not only with my child. Right now, uh, we have many doctors all over the world following this treatment, which basically um, is targeting or addressing microactivation, and many kids are getting um, much better. And this over here is something that, you know, if you go to our website, all the details are in the website, but basically, just to summarize, just in a nutshell, um, what we do is if, if you have a very small child and you can have a doctor uh, help parents with this treatment, if you use a, a controlled dose of, uh, let's say, um, ibuprofen, okay, and a, a very specific dose of probiotics, which what they do is they make sure that if any side effects from ibuprofen that don't happen, kids with autism can get better. And not only that, right now um, we have over 40 doctors all, all over the world helping kids with this treatment. Many kids are getting better. Many parents in conferences that I go to, they approach me and they say, Juan, thank you very much. This over here is helping my child. And right now, we, because we know that this works, right now what we're trying to do, Terry, is we're trying to... Uh, get funds because we want to launch a clinical trial to show that this treatment is safe and is effective to treat kids with autism. Okay, so there'll be a trial on this. And what you mentioned, Juan, uh, to reiterate for our listeners, is you mentioned NSAIDs, which is non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and, you, and as an example of that, you mentioned ibuprofen. I think other parents have used Act 
something called Actos with their kids. I'm not sure if that's an NSAID. Um, and you mentioned probiotics. Again, this is something that you want to do uh, under the care of a physician for any significant uh, biomedical intervention or change in regimen with your child, please consult a an experienced healthcare practitioner that keeps up to date on all the underlying physiological issues in autism. We will be right back with Juan Rodriguez of Stop Calling It Autism here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on voiceamericakids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for voiceamerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at voiceamericakids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to voiceamericakids.tv. Have you figured out what's not working in your life? Could you use a little help? Join your host, Tamaron, for Let's Figure It Out. Tamaron has had both highs and lows in her life. She uses her experiences to teach you some basic techniques on how to live a better life through health, relationships, and more. Her guests also come from the health and wellness industry, and together, Tamaron and her guests will help you get your life on the right path. Let's Figure It Out airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We are back with Juan Rodriguez of Stop Calling It Autism, and he has informed us that the paper, Evidence of Microglial Activation in Autism and Its Possible Role in Brain Underconnectivity, which was co-authored with Dr. Janet Kern and published in the journal Neuron Gliobiology, can be found on the homepage of stopcallingitautism.org, and I recommend that listeners go and look at it there. Uh, this is an excellent resource to ref- refer to. Tell us about the paper, Juan. Hi, Terry. So the reason that we decided to publish this paper is because um, we needed the medical community, okay, and the uh, neuroscience community and even the, the autism community to understand that autism is just not only in the brain, okay? The autism is only, uh, you know, it's, it's a disease that it has to do with the brain, but also it ties many other parts of the body as well. So, and also we wanted to tell people that Autism is very similar to many other uh, mental illnesses that I recognize that they're caused by a medical problem, like Alzheimer's disease, like I mentioned before, like Parkinson's disease. So this paper over here, it basically, the way I see it and the way that many people are, are noticing it too, you know, it explains in details what autism really is, okay? It explains uh, autism and also... Uh, you know, references many of the top neuroscientists in the whole world, and it provides very sound evidence 
that autism is not what the uh, many people think it is today. You know, it, it, it talks about autism as a medical problem, a medical illness that can be treated, okay? a medical illness that can be addressed with, uh, with new advances in new science. And we thought that it was important for people to, to know this. Um, and this, I think, in my opinion, can change or can start changing the way that medicine is practiced for autism. Right. Uh, and that will bring hope to children just exactly as you mentioned. It's wonderful to have this literature available. So thank you for that. So, Juan, tell us all about what your organization, Stop Calling It Autism, does and how listeners can help. Okay, and what we're trying to do is with when we form a Stop Calling It Autism, um, we wanted to form this organization so we could share uh, this new information, uh, this new hope for parents. Um, we have been helping parents all over the world, okay, because we have um, social groups like in Facebook and Yahoo. Um, we go to many conferences, and we are right now educating many parents. We even uh, educate doctors. You know, I have gone myself to conferences of the academy of pediatrics, and I have talked to a room full of doctors about this same subject that we're talking about here today. So we want to, with, with science, okay, with science that we can back up, okay, that makes sense. We want to uh, change the way that medicine is practiced. We want to be able to, for every single parent out there, when they have a child with autism, uh, we want those parents to have hope that the kids can get better the same way that hundreds of kids are getting better right now. By what? By treating the root cause of autism, which is the chronic activation of the brain's immune system. Just think about it like um, that we want to make sure that people know that autism is caused by an autoimmune disease in the brain that can be treated successfully. And that's what we're doing right now. And we, we are reaching out to many people all over the world, and we want to make sure that right now people support what we're doing because this is the future of neuroscience. This is the future for uh, all these kids with autism. This, is, this, this can make them have a very productive life, and they can uh, enjoy life as well. Yes, and our kids do need the future now. So, Juan, thank you for doing this. And to our listeners um, who have uh, Spanish-speaking friends, we're going to see if our colleague Kerry Rivera is available to conduct this interview with Juan next week in Spanish. So uh, please stay tuned to looking at uh, the Voice America site and Facebook. Uh, if, if we can do this, we'll post it to, for example, Facebook and uh, let you know that this interview will be available in Spanish as well. Juan, thank you so much for being with us here today and giving this thank hope me. to families and children. Thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.